0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Baseball Strength Training Podcast. My name is Jesse Lapiana. I'm your coach and I'm your podcast host. And today we're going to be talking about conditioning, baseball-specific conditioning. How should you do it? What should you do? Why should you do it? Um, So first we're going to talk about why, why you need to be a conditioned ball player. And I think that the higher level of baseball player uh, that you are, the more conditioned that you need to be. So if you are a baseball player in the professionals, uh, professional with a professional team, um, your playing season is going to be a lot longer. So you're going to have to endure a lot more baseball. Therefore, you need to be more of a conditioned athlete simply because you need to resist um, fatigue. The goal of strength training and conditioning is legitimately to resist fatigue because fatigue is the number one contributor to injury and I want you to think about that for a second. You do your best uh, at maintaining proper mechanics and form Uh, both in the weight room, but mostly on the field. I want you to kind of think about things in terms of on the baseball field. So when you're throwing, uh, when you're pitching, when you're hitting, and even when you're running, you're trying to maintain the best technique and also give out your highest power output. And what tends to happen when you are fatigued is things start to break down, both from a mechanical standpoint and from a power output standpoint. So the more of a conditioning base that you have, the more resistant that you're going to be to that fatigue, to that decrease in power output and to that um, level of injury risk uh, from the kind of mechanical uh, and technical side of things. So what you, what you want to do is you want to try and develop uh, two types of conditioning bases. The first conditioning base that you're, you you want to look to develop is an aerobic base and an anaerobic base. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to develop those, um, but we're going to go back into talking about your needs first, because I think that, like I was saying, the more baseball that you're playing, the higher your need for a higher conditioning base uh, becomes. So... If you're a high school baseball player, which most of you hopefully listening are, um, middle school, high school, or even kind of early college, your playing season is probably uh, outside of the the college athlete. We're going to take, for instance, the middle school and high school athlete. Your playing season probably isn't nearly as intense as the professionals. So you're probably playing maybe – in season 2 3 maybe 4 times a week, maybe practicing a few times here and there, but for starters, there's a big glaring difference between your sport, your your games is you're only playing 7 innings and they're playing 9 innings. So just off the bat, you don't need as much energy as them. So something that I that I saw with the Boston Red Sox organization when I was a strength coach for them is that they had a really high um, demand for their athletes to have a strong conditioning base because they knew that the lower their conditioning base, the higher uh, risk for injury that, that they were. So a lot of the pitchers would go through conditioning. And I think pitchers by far need a higher conditioning base than other athletes because, you know, a second baseman is pretty much, you know, just sitting around and Uh, not sitting around but standing around waiting for the ball to come to him how many how many balls come to a second baseman in a course of a game right How, how often does a second baseman need to move around um compared to a pitcher or even a catcher so the the energy system of the catcher and the pitcher need to be higher compared to the second baseman and the first baseman you know they're they're getting up a few times a game they're getting a few balls here and there so um If you're a pitcher and a catcher, your energy system needs to be greater than that of a position player. That being said, we need to consider that the type of conditioning that you want to do, both as a pitcher and a position player, needs to resemble your sport. So when we're talking about conditioning, we're not talking about long, slow distance running. That has its place... In your total athletic development, you want to be able to, you know, run consistently for, I'm going to say, five minutes. But after the five-minute mark, you're pretty much getting a, uh, what you call, not a good return on your investment, right? There's a point of diminishing returns. So the best possible time investment for you would be more of an anaerobic style of conditioning. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The, the types of anaerobic style of conditioning versus the aerobic and the aerobic just know that as being long, slow jogging, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of continual running. That's not necessarily, um, representative of your sport, Right. Um, If you're a hitter, you're trying to be as explosive as you possibly can, swinging a bat, you know, multiple times in at-bat, or a pitcher throwing a maximal effort throw with about four to five seconds in between each pitch. So your conditioning needs to resemble that. And so there are three main conditioning solutions that I have for you today. And they all start with the letter S, Okay. The first one is, I think, the most effective, but also the most demanding, and that is sprinting. Now, sprinting uphill, I would say, is probably the more demanding, the more beneficial, the more intense, Um, but oftentimes you can't, you know, if you live in Florida, there's no hills, right? But if you are able to find a hill and do hill sprints, This is something that is incredible for athletic development. You want to make sure that in every single one of these um, conditioning exercises that I suggest, you are looking to sprint anywhere from 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, or 30 seconds straight, flat out, 80, 75, 80, 90, 95, and 100%, right, Um, with about a one-to-one, one-to-two, or a one-to-three work-to-rest ratio, meaning that if it's a one-to-one and you're sprinting 15 seconds flat out, you're only resting for about 15 seconds. If you're sprinting for, let's say, a one-to-two and you're sprinting for 15 seconds, you want to do about a 30-second rest, right? So you don't, especially as as a professional athlete, You don't necessarily have to get super, 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 super scientific with it. You can simply just kind of mix and match. Um, If So if you're going to do conditioning three times a week, one day you do one to one, one day you do one to two, one day you do one to three, or you can simply just mix and match them in almost like a progressive type uh, pyramid or ladder where you climb up. Um, to more intense work to rest ratios. So let's say you're starting out a, at a one to three for two sets, you do a one to two, then you go to a one to one, then you go back down to one to two and one to three. So there's multiple ways or you know, a bunch of, uh, I guess the saying is there's a hundred ways to skin a cat or something like that, right? So you can definitely play around with this, but sprinting, hill sprinting, is an excellent choice for your anaerobic, um, development. Now, a quick note on this anaerobic development is there's research that shows that not only will this help you develop your more sport-specific energy base, um, that is going to, again, uh, resist fatigue and lower your chances of an injury, but you're also moving towards becoming more of a powerful human being you're increasing your your power output and you're training your type 2 muscle fibers so you're getting a, a, a two for one you're killing two birds with one stone you're training for power similar to how you would train for power for like power cleans or kettlebell swings or things like that right you're doing your power specific workouts but you're also developing your energy base so two for one Okay. The second S in your anaerobic conditioning exercise should be stairs. And this is kind of similar to the hill sprints, but if you don't have hills, you go find a parking garage, right? Sprint up those stairs, right? Walk down, sprint up, walk down, sprint up, All right? So you have sprinting and you have stairs, right? Same thing. Work to rest. One to one, one to two, one to three. Okay. The third is swimming. And I don't think a lot of you take advantage of this one, right? The stairs are a little bit lower impact on your body. Um, Running is by far the most intense, um, high impact, and going to take most of uh, uh, the the toll in terms of your, I'm going to say, recovery rate. But swimming is extremely low impact, and you're going to be able to get a great conditioning workout, but not feel the kind of gravitational impact on your joints and on your body the next day. All right. So what I would suggest is cycling your work to rest ratios, cycling and progressing your intensities throughout them, and then also cycling these three uh, different conditioning exercises. You have uh, sprinting slash hill sprinting, stairs and swimming. All right. So, um, if you are in the off season, I would suggest more than likely implementing conditioning, sprint conditioning, um, a few times a week. And then during the season, um, keep that intensity, keep that consistency. I would say that it's probably a little bit more of a priority for you to work on conditioning pre-season you can get away with not training conditioning um, a lot during the off season i would probably prioritize strength training mobility training nutrition uh during the off season and then as you approach preseason and during the season i would make conditioning a um a priority um simply because your adaptations during um the adaptation for conditioning is actually quicker than strength training so it takes longer to get stronger and quicker to become conditioned Um, that's definitely not an excuse not to do it definitely like i said sprinting is a great power um you know based exercise Um, but you could probably get away with some of the less intense work to rest ratios during the off season but then have it be a little bit more intense and um shorter work to rest ratios preseason and during the season. All right. Um, so that's it for today's podcast and I'll see you on the next one of the baseball strength training podcast.